What's up, guys? Welcome to the very first episode of the Black Black Podcast. I am your host, HB from KC, with my co-host, King Bajan. And we're super excited to be recording this live from our living room. Yes. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for giving us a shot. The Black Black Podcast has one purpose, to be black. Mm. All things black, everything black, all of it black, all the time. Solid. As a rock. Mm-mm. So if you are not black, use this podcast as a learning opportunity. If you are black, hopefully what we say resonates with you, your experience. And if not, definitely let us know. You can catch us on Twitter at HB from Casey underscore. And you can catch me on Twitter at King Bajan, an X instead of an I. Bet, bet. So let's uh, jump into it. There was a situation that happened a long time ago that we were sitting around talking about today. Yes. Our dynamic kind of mimics that of Devon Franklin and Megan Good. Of course, Megan Good being the one that's like in the entertainment industry and uh, that would be myself. And then in comparison to King Bajan, and I'll let him tell you about that. Well, yeah, I I'm a minister. I was trained in theology. And so I guess I would be more of the Devon half of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. So we were reminiscing about that situation trying to figure out how we're going to navigate that dynamic of one works in a primarily secular world and the other one is a part of like ministry or church Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the situation came up where megan and devon were on stage at a conference or speaking engagement and someone was really really disrespectful to megan so devon took the mic and corrected the lady and we reminisced on it to the point where we really started to dive into why that lady felt like she could say whatever she wanted to say to them in the first place yes why do you think she went there i think she went there because uh so many so many reasons i don't even i'm not even sure where to start i believe uh one of the bigger things uh in internalized misogyny I, i believe another another thing is Somehow, it's having some some form of license in the fact that she is a quote unquote good Christian because she's more covered up, and her decorum, you know, is a bit more reserved, and and she's been in the church longer, and and you know, the 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 crazy thing, right, is that with Christians, especially Black Christians, you never really can tell unless you know them. Yeah. That's true. It, it can be so many reasons. <laughs> That's true. It's a lot of negativity being a black Christian. And it jumps out in those moments where it's time for us to have compassion. Right. right. It's like, why do you have to be so rude in order to get whatever word or gem or nugget you think you got from God across? Like, why do you have to be that way? Why could you not have given me this in love or in compassion or with care with concern like why is it that i have to hurt in order to receive the word from god why do you make god tumultuous for no reason exactly exactly 
You know, like where is the love that was extended to you in the first place that got you here? Mm -hmm. You know, but was it love that got you here? Wow. Because that's a whole other thing. I remember Mm -hmm. there was one particular denomination that's a bit more cerebral in their experience with God. And, you know, surveys and stuff were, were conducted and it found that the majority of people within this particular denomination did not join the church out of a love for God or a devotion to God or anything, but because the knowledge, the information, the the rightness of the church seemed to be sound and correct. It seemed to be founded on something. So a lot of the, the majority of the people that actually joined this church were because of the fact that it was perceived that this church was the quote unquote right church. That's crazy. Yeah. And we still live like that today. We were also talking about earlier after we like expanded on the Devon Franklin and Megan Good topic. Why are the churches not unifying right now? We mm. all believe in God. Most of us believe in Jesus. Some of us don't. Why are the churches not unifying? I'm not understanding why the whole like we live in this world, but we are not of it. Well, if you live in this world, help the people in this world. Like, <laughs> what are you doing with the tithes and offering? Joel Olstein, like how dare you lock the doors wow. on your own people like it's messed up I, mean, I just don't see the church being the church I don't see the body of Christ being the spleen the kidney the liver the arms the legs I don't see that I see a bunch of different body parts in different parts of the city not cooperating and not trying to grow with each other or help each other out I don't understand that if it's not me and mine and me and my church I don't care yeah that Wow, I have no, I have nothing to say to that. Well, consider mm. edges dragged because I'm really man, tired. Man, <laughs> I'm really tired. I'm really tired. Yeah, I mean, we 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 kind of are in a place where, you know, these things that should be happening aren't happening, and then on another side of it, people are becoming more and more aware of what the church is supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be in the community and what it's supposed to represent. And then on another side, you know, we have legitimate challenges to the authority and to the purpose and to the realness and to the authenticity of the church. Yep. You know, like consider the the argument of atheists. Yep. And how they have evolved over the past, let's say, 20 years. And in their evolution, there's been de-evolution of the church. At what it's supposed to be. I just don't understand how the same man that fed 5,000. First of all, that was 5,000 men in the Bible. He didn't even count the women and the children. Okay. He fed all their mouths. Probably tens of thousands low key. You never know how many kids each person had. And you telling me he fed people like that and you close your doors. You not open right now. Churches get government grants all the time. You're not applying for those to redistribute the funds or redistribute that back to the community. Yeah, man, people out here hurting. People are hurting bad. We hurting. We on this podcast hurting as we speak. (laughs) You know what I would do for a sack of free food right now? That sounds amazing. Yeah. And not even considering, you know, we're living in a global pandemic right now. Yeah. You know, not even thinking about that, but even if circumstances were a bit more normal things are still hard and bad Mm -hmm. and and rough and tough for people and it's like 
the church, you know, seems to be nowhere to be found. Then, you know, on the flip side, there are those churches that actually, you know, do things for their community and stuff like that. They're, they do exist. The issue, though, is that they seem to be so far and few between, mm-hmm. you know, especially compared to like, you know, there are a lot of mega churches out there that aren't doing as much as some local churches, you yeah. know, like you got certain churches having, you know, three or four campuses, you know, where you can can go and see the service and sing and do this and that and the next thing. But, you know, the the mothers of the church who are hurting or who are in need or the yeah. fathers that, you know, need community, need support, need help. They can't reach out to the church and get that, you know. Like even, for example, a lot of churches, the way they do rental assistance, you go in there and you have to apply. Yep. And it's a lot of hoops. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of red tape. Yeah. It's a lot of red tape. And, I, then, it, it, and then they're not trying to pay the whole yep. amount. They're trying to pay just a portion of it. Yep. And for some churches, you have to sign up for like... um financial literacy yep classes. or you have to be a member of the church to even qualify in the first place or you got to be a member of the church to qualify yeah it's all twisted yeah, yeah people are hurting and they're tired they're tired of having to turn to entities like the church and hear no because and the reason <laughs> the reason isn't anything that's very substantial mm-hmm the reason is, oh, well, you know, you're not a member here or, oh, well, you know, um, you you seem to have an addiction with so and so or you're shacked up. So and we can't encourage that or or, mm-hmm. well, we don't want to just give the money away. Yep. Or, yep, yep, yep. You got to do some work in order to make this. Not realizing the church didn't really do much to get all these people to open eight purses. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I just I just think it's an interesting topic because I know a lot of people when I brought this up on Twitter, they were offended because I said it and my church do and my church and my church. And I agree, you know, like you said, there are some churches out there that are doing it. But in a in a in a scale of one to a hundred, ninety nine just won't do. You know what I mean? If there's one church that's out there milking the people of the community or milking the people that you know, worship there, it needs to be called out. Like, I don't understand the issue with ain't not aiming for perfection, but aiming for a, a, a common goal of, like I said, not perfection, but striving for the best we can be. Cause out of them 99 churches, yeah, you're going to have one that got a corrupt pastor, but he do a giveaway every week. You're yeah. going to have one that, you know, is a adulterer, but you know, he's helping the homeless or, you know, everybody got something is my issue, but not having anything at all is a bigger issue. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a big issue. Your church ain't doing nothing for the community except for your members and your members got to jump through hoops to get what they need. And this is speaking from experience. I've been mem- a member at a church for years and years and years. And then when I reach out and need something, I don't even get a call back. I don't get a response. I may not be a member there right now, but I remember the many years I put in work at that church. I remember the many years of month worth of money 
I and my family invested into that church. And when I call you and ask you for a need, not only do you say, I can't help you, you don't even offer anything like, oh, I know a sister church or X, Y, Z. Like what? Mm -hmm. You have nothing? Mm -hmm. Not even a prayer? Prayer is free. (laughs) You ain't got to do nothing for it. You just got to open your mouth and talk to the Lord. You couldn't do that. And then at the same time, they're saying they can't help you. And then you look in the parking lot. Man, or you look at them house keys to see what neighborhood they stay in. Or you look at the shoes. Yep. You look at the suit. Yep. You're not hooping and hollering every Sunday. Ugly. <laughs> like, that's just not happening. You're not, you're not running up and down these aisles dusty and ugly. That's a fashion show. As soon as the shouting start, that's when the fashion show begins. Da, 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 da. And here we have, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, that's when the fashion show starts. Yeah, yeah. It's a sad thing. It's really sad. It's a sad I, thing. I wonder, you know, in these moments, why is it hard, or why do you think it's hard for the church to accept this kind of criticism? I think it's hard for the church to accept this kind of criticism because we have a tendency particularly within the black community of not questioning the church. Yeah. You know, and, and it goes as far back as the slave days. I was about to, oh yes. Yeah. Because when we were force fed a version of Christianity, that really was the grassroots for the capitalism that we see today. Mm -hmm. We were also taught that we shouldn't question the Christianity and that, you know, in questioning, you know, what they were saying, you were questioning God. Mm -hmm. And so that has really just snowballed and trickled down into, you know, this modern day um, um, stance against the apostasy, the hypocrisy, the, 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 the migration out of the church that is questioning why we do the things we do yep and it's just a question yeah you know the question shouldn't be that difficult yeah there were examples in the bible and you're like a human walking bible so you correct me if i'm wrong but there (laughs) are examples in the bible where god asks questions of us you know what i mean like Mm. he asks us questions questions have never been something that is negative Yes, there's a way to ask it with a certain reverence and respect because you are, you know, working and dealing with people of God. You don't want to be disrespectful. The criticisms that we're having right now, the twinge of disrespect you may hear from me is really church hurt. Mm. It's church hurt. I don't feel this way because I just woke up one day. I was like, I hate the church. No, the church has hurt me. Yeah, I've put in service hours in churches and received nothing in return. Cold shoulders galore. Because I either don't believe everything they believe or they've heard something about me or whatever the case may be, you know, that does not devalue my questions. Why are you not doing anything is a good question when it comes to the church, because that automatically sets the tone that there is an expectation of you, not only from me as a human being, but from the very God that you say you serve and love. You are not fulfilling his expectations. You know how I know? Because I have church hurt. (laughs) 
One of those expectations is to not hurt your members. One of those expectations is to provide when necessary. If you don't have it, you don't have it. You know what I mean? Right. But you stop at, oh, no, we can't because bureaucratic BS instead of actually, you know, helping, mm -hmm. doing things. And then on top of that, to go a step further, when you do help, you shove Jesus down their throat. I could feed an atheist. I could with no questions. I don't need you to believe what I believe in order for me to see your humanity. Mm -hmm. That yeah. should not have to be a prerequisite in order for the church to provide or want to do for you. Or do it's it's, it's horrible. Do. It's right. horrible how we treat people that don't necessarily believe. It's like tit for tat. Jesus is there with free will. You could take me or leave me. I'm not guaranteeing to give you nothing to believe me. I'm asking that you have faith that I will provide your every need. It's not transactional. You can't just go and pray to Jesus and say, Lord, give me a thousand dollars by tomorrow. And then it pop in your bank account. I have tried mm -hmm. that don't work. Mm -hmm. So it, you shouldn't make Jesus transactional when you're reaching out to the lost and where you're reaching out to people that, you know, don't believe. I have close friends of mine who are atheists. I don't blame them for being atheist. To be honest with you, I do not. I don't because I get it. From a human perspective, you don't see no God or no Jesus in none of this. And I can't be mad at that. If anything, we have to turn and look at the church and say, what are you doing about it? Wow. You have the obligation to this person. You're the one that's supposed to be attached to the shepherd and herding his sheep. When a sheep is lost, you don't go say, oh, that stupid sheep. He ran off again. He knows when to come home. He don't. Especially if the shepherd is abusive, I wouldn't want to come back to your nasty pasture either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Kirk Franklin has that song. It basically communicates the idea that for some people, we Christians, believers, followers of God, however you want to put it, will be the only Jesus that some people see. Mm -hmm. And if that truly is the case, I believe that we should shudder yep. when that idea crosses our head mm -hmm. because if we are honest with ourselves and not, not look at the individual, not just look at yourself, take a step back and look at the group, look at the yeah. members of this particular building, this particular uh, body, this particular organization that you are a part of Yep, and say, what are we doing? How do others see Jesus in us? Yep. You know, like we have in the, the millennial uh, generation. I don't really, you know, like that term and everything. But you are one, though. Hey. So when it comes to this particular group of people that was born during a certain time. Mm hmm. We're finding that a lot of these people are leaving the church. Well. And as they're leaving, they're not really coming back. Because we, and it was crazy to add to that. It's not that we leave the church because we don't love the Lord. I know plenty of people that still believe in spirituality, still believe in God, still believe in Jesus, still believe in the body of Christ, you know, mindset, but at the same time, they don't believe in the church. Hmm. They don't believe in the church. And it's hard to believe in an entity that is not reflecting what it says it is. 
Like that's supposed to be a lighthouse in the darkness. It'd be dark as hell in church. Pitch duffa black. It'd be dark. I have seen some things, heard some things, experienced some things myself growing up in church. Things you would think if I was to say it, it'd be like, wait, what? That was happening where? Mm -hmm. It sound like a call center the way I have stories. It sound like an all black female and LGBTQ call center. No, <laughs> no other race in sight. Just us. Just a whispering. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's sad. It's really sad. It shouldn't have to be that way. Because when we hear news and when we hear gossip and things like that in the church, what do we do? We run with it. We don't go tell somebody who can actually do something about it mm -hmm. constructively. You know, we don't go do that. We go tell somebody who's going to tell somebody who's going to tell somebody. That way the, the gossip just keeps rolling on and we feel big and bad because they shout a little too much. Yeah. They think they cute. Mm. You know what I mean? He think he hot stuff because he got a wife and kids and I could bag her if I wanted to. These are things I've heard people say in the church. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. It's wild. And it's not to, you know, say the church is supposed to be some pristine city on a hill. It's not. You know what I mean? It's not. What it's supposed to be is transparent enough so when those things happen, we can reprimand and correct in love and move forward. A lot of the hidden corners of the church are hidden out of fear that if it comes to the light, it's going to be exploited. It's going to be put out there. It's going to be used against them. If they find out I'm cheating on my wife with another member of the church, you know what I mean? It's going to be this big woo-ha, which yes, it's going to be a woo-ha. You're going to have to push through that because you made a mistake, but there's a way to push through it in love. There's a way to get to the root of the problem that you were molested as a child and you went back to that and regressed or you know what I mean? You cheated because you weren't feeling loved anymore or whatever the case may be. There's a way to do that in a constructive way to move forward. And that's not happening in the church. We are not progressing forward. Christianity should be sweeping this country with the resources and capabilities that the church has. And it's not. Mm -hmm. And it's not because people don't want a God or something to believe in or something to feel like they, they loves them. Yeah, it's because the church is not doing its job. They're not being the shining light. That light is crusty and broken. Somebody hit it with a crowbar. It's out. It need to be replaced. The bulb is fizzed out. So, yeah. Well, I think we said all that needs to be said, should mm -hmm. be said or we wanted to say and if you a pastor you got a problem you can hit me at hb from kc on instagram or on twitter i fight preachers do not care no i'm just playing i won't fight you maybe your wife but i won't fight you yeah um well i'm a person uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. the views and opinions i mean the, yeah, the views and <laughs> yeah, opinions of the hosts of the Black Black Podcast do not reflect those. Yes, it does. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant every word. <laughs> I meant every word. I meant word. every word. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I am King Beijing. I am HB from KC. And this has been the Black Black Podcast.